Let's go to the movies. On this episode, we will be discussing the Golden Globe nominations, which came out on February 3rd, which was just a few days ago, if you are listening to this podcast when it was released. And I just wanted to kind of go over some of my initial reactions and some of my initial predictions on who might win. So let's jump right in. The Golden Globe nominations were just announced this week, and I wanted a chance to kind of talk about some of those. I did not really discuss Golden Globe nominations specifically on last season of the podcast, mostly just because I just kind of wanted to focus on the Oscars, since that is more of my favorite award show. But I wanted to talk about those this year because there has been little direction and focus and emphasis on what might be some of the big hitters during award season this year. And I think this is kind of a chance to see kind of where things have been falling. So I just wanted a chance to kind of get some of those thoughts on record. See if maybe you share some of those similar thoughts. And we are going to just dive right in with some of the movie categories. So the first category, of course, is Best Picture Drama. And as you remember, we do drama and comedy for the Globe. So you get a little more chance to have something you actually enjoyed fall into one of these categories. So right off the bat, uh, the first movie that was listed under this category was The Father. And I had never heard of this film until I saw these nominations. It actually had a Sundance release last January, January 27, 2020. It is not available to stream anywhere at the moment that I could find. It's being released uh, according to the internet on February 26th, 2021. Mind you, the Golden Globes are on February 28th, 2021. So kind of interesting. I don't really know for sure how the um, qualification window is for this award show. It is being released in the UK in March of this year, and it's being released in France in April of this year because it's actually a joint france and UK production. So that's just a little interesting. But despite these strange release dates, it does have a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes currently. So there is high hopes that this is probably a decent film. Just kind of sucks that we have to wait so long to actually be able to watch it. Um, For Mank and The Trial of Chicago 7, those were two that I expected to be nominated. Uh, I kind of had those in the back of my head as things I needed to be watching soon. So doesn't surprise me too much that they made it in. Nomadland makes sense because Frances McDormand is usually always prominent in award season. And then uh, pretty, uh, excuse me, Promising Young Woman got nominated, which makes me so ecstatic because I think that movie was fantastic. I'm glad to see it got thrown into the drama category because I remember reading that it could have end up in comedy just to kind of spread the crowd out a little bit. Um, So I'm really, really rooting for that movie in this category. So overall, this motion picture drama category feels very on point to me um, and kind of makes me excited to watch some of these ones that I haven't seen or haven't heard of yet. Now for Best Actress Drama, um, there were three of the more obvious picks in this category. Uh, and then the two that I hadn't really heard of were Andre Day and Vanessa Kirby. 
Andre Day was for the United States versus Billie Holiday, which is actually not out until February 26th. Again, similar to The Father, kind of a random last minute before the award show release. And Vanessa Kirby's film is actually out on Netflix currently. Um, I just haven't seen it yet. So again, this kind of falls in line with the mo- the movie category and makes sense that all these people got nominated. Um, for Best Actor Drama, the two that I was unsure of were The Sound of Metal and The Mauritanian One. Sound of Metal came out on Amazon in November. The other film, Mauritanian, is not being released until February 11th, and it is going to have a small theatrical release, so that's kind of cool. It's pretty awesome to see Chadwick Boseman getting nomination posthumously. I have not seen that movie he's in yet, but I am looking forward to that one. I'm just trying to wait for the right mood to be in (laughs) to fully enjoy that. Uh, So for Best Picture Comedy, this is where some of my opinions started getting a little more dramatic, if you will. For Borat, I literally cannot believe that that got nominated. I don't mind the first one. It's not really my realm of comedy. My husband watched the second one one day when I was not home, and he said he couldn't even get through all of it because it was just kind of cringy and awkward, and you kind of already know what to expect with this character and what he's going to be doing. Uh, We kind of talked about it, and we feel like there's a potential it's being nominated mostly because of the topics that it covers. It's a lot of political topical cover coverage I don't know the word I was looking for there um so that's the case I am sure that it will get the nomination but I really cannot see that it would win so we'll just let it do its thing uh Hamilton being nominated is kind of curious since Hamilton's not technically a movie it's just a filmed version of the stage show I think that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association doesn't have as stringent of rules on what qualifies as a film as the Academy does because I don't believe Hamilton would be eligible for the Academy Awards On that token, though, I'm kind of annoyed that it's nominated because I don't want to watch it because I'm trying to see it on the stage first. It was delayed from last year. I was supposed to see it in, like, May or something last year. Of course, that got delayed. Um, And I was trying to just be able to have this experience of seeing it for the first time as it's actually intended on the stage, you know. So just from that perspective, selfishly, I'm kind of annoyed that it's like a movie that I don't really want to watch just for personal reasons. Um, The Prom, of course, is nominated, which, again, is interesting because of some of the controversies that were surrounding the casting of that film. So... Yeah, just kind of interesting that that one ended up landing. It's not, I mean, it's not surprising because it is a Ryan Murphy film and everyone loves Ryan Murphy. Um, the movie Music, which was that movie that Sia helped produce, had a little bit of controversy around it too involving some of their casting choices. 
Uh, but I suppose the overall, the movies hold up beyond that. And I genuinely just have this belief that anything that is musical, the Hollywood foreign press will just throw into that category just because it technically is the comedy of musical category. So they usually like to show like, hey, look at all these musicals we're also acknowledging. <laughs> but Palm Springs being nominated was a very pleasant surprise. So I was glad to see that one because that was like a nice little movie to watch. And kind of cool that some of these quarantine films are getting recognized when they really had no other way of being released during the pandemic. So for Best Actress Comedy, I love, 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 love that Anya Taylor-Joy got nominated for Emma because that is my one glimmer of hope that this movie might get some Oscar attention. Um, I feel like it was just kind of going to get lost in the shuffle, which is really unfortunate because it was a really well-done movie. So it's kind of awesome to see her up for that. And I unfortunately have only seen Emma in this category, so I really have no pulse on who might win. (laughs) Uh, The movie The French Exit, which is one of the nominees is from, is being released on February 21st. And I Care A Lot is already on Netflix. It was released in September. So again, it kind of seems like it's falling into this pattern of it's either not out just yet or it was out a few months ago and it just kind of got lost in the shuffle. For Best Actor Comedy, mostly all of these add up. Again, my most confusing nomination is James Corden because if you listen to my episode about The Prom, uh, I don't think he was good in it. Despite the controversy, I don't think he was good as just an actor in general. So I don't really know why he got nominated. And especially out of all of the cast in that movie... Like, he was the one that they ended up nominating, which just feels very confusing to me. Um, And a point I brought up in my prom episode was that I read that they might have nominated him just to kind of keep him in their good graces because they want him to host the show in the next year or so, which if that is true in any way, that's really depressing. But I guess that's just how the industry works sometimes. Uh, But it was a nice surprise. Moving aside from James Corden, once again, it was a nice surprise to see Andy Samberg nominated for Palm Springs because, as I mentioned, that was kind of a fun take on that genre, like that Groundhog Day repeating of the days type of movie. Um, So that was kind of cool. For animated film, I did think it was hilarious that Trolls World Tour was not nominated because there was just jokes out the wazoo about that being one of the only movies that would be eligible for award season so I guess it didn't really measure up in the long run Uh, I did think it was kind of interesting that both the Pixar movies were listed this year and that's going to be just like a face-off of Disney Pixar so who is going to win I personally think Soul will probably take that just because it was so different um, and had more of like a reality to it in terms of the animation. But animation's one that it's either obvious it's a Disney one or it's going to end up being some random one that you never actually saw. <laughs> For the foreign language films, I have heard of Minari. I've heard a lot of good things about that. So I'm interested to see if that one's going to pan out as the winner. But I am less sure of how to actually access a lot of these foreign language films this year. I don't really know if 
it's going to be the same experience of watching it. Uh, For example, last year I saw Parasite at a small theater. Going into it not really knowing quite for sure what the plot was. But ended up loving that movie. And it makes me curious if watching these foreign language films will be really the same if you're just kind of sitting at home watching them like alone. So I'm, I'm really actually intrigued to see how the foreign language categories play out this year. For Best Actress Supporting, I was actually so glad that Glenn Close got nominated. But I also kind of expected it. But it's kind of nice when some of the acting shines through, even if the movie itself doesn't get any recognition. So, yeah, she was great in it. So um, that was for Hillbilly Elegy. And then Helena Zangle, she's only 12 years old. She was in that movie News of the World. And I think that's always really cool when, like, the younger, like, kid-aged actresses and actors get some recognition. And that's a Tom Hanks film, so I haven't seen it yet. But I'm sure it was probably pretty decent, and it's just kind of fun to see that she got nominated over mostly anything else from that film. <laughs> uh, for a supporting actor, Jared Leto is the most recognized one that I knew. Um, and as I mentioned in my episode about the little things, like he's very well deserving of this. He is super creepy. It's very haunting. But it is turning into one of those things of like, is Jared Leto just going to always be nominated? He's becoming one of those actors where it's just kind of like, obviously he's going to be nominated. But it's still fun. I feel, I still enjoy when he wins. Um, but yeah, all the rest in this category really add up. It's a really strong category. Um, from my point of view, I haven't really felt like there were many obvious snubs yet in the movie categories uh all the directing nominations made sense I feel like typically I have a better pulse or like a better read on potential snubs like there's usually someone where I'm like I cannot believe that they didn't nominate them but I I didn't feel like that just yet this year and I think it might be because I'm feeling a little all over the place with all the movies and hadn't really been sure like what I should be keeping my eye on I'm just really ecstatic that Promising Young Woman is being nominated in all of these major categories because I think that the fact that this was her directorial debut for Emerald Fennel is amazing. So that was my probably my favorite nomination for director. And then screenplay just kind of adds up as well. And again, Promising Young Woman up for that. And if you can tell that there's a slight bias towards that film, you are correct. Um, the original score category was pretty solid. So Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are up twice in this category. And I kind of have like a love-hate relationship with them because their music does make sense. It's got like, the they have like an interesting tone and style. But stand as a standalone score, it usually doesn't really work. And I've kind of had an issue with them since... The Social Network, because that won Best Score, and that was such a weird score, and it really only worked in the context of the film. And part of me feels like the Best Score 
should kind of have this standalone aspect to it where you would hear it and you would instantly recognize that the movie it's from. Like example, like something John Williams writes, you know what movie that's associated with. So I'm just, I'm not totally sold on them. And the fact that they took up two spots is kind of strange to me. Um, And I always kind of think that's weird when one person gets nominated twice in the same category. I don't know. It just seems kind of greedy. (laughs) So we'll just have to, I guess, see where that one goes. But in general, it's a lot of notable composers in this category. Nothing too out there. And I haven't really heard any of the original songs yet, mostly because I just haven't watched any of the movies that they are from, but that's usually an easy fix. Like, at the least, we'll just pop it on Spotify and check out what's going on there. Uh, For just my reactions to movies overall, now that we've kind of broken it down, um, my head feels very cloudy, (laughs) as I was mentioning. I really don't feel like I can tell yet if there were any snubs, which I also did mention. I don't even know for sure who the obvious choices might be for some of these categories. This is really like the first year that I, that I've had, this is really the first time all year, excuse me, that I've had anything to really work off of because I feel like everything was just getting so oversaturated and you just had too much stuff to choose between and like pick from with everything being only on streaming that I honestly didn't know for sure. Like, I didn't realize Mank was going to be, like, the top-nominated film. I knew it was going to be probably an awards contender. So, like, that, like seeing that kind of pan out is like, okay. Um, yeah, I just... I hope that watching a little more of these, now that I kind of know what's up for things, helps me kind of focus a little better on them. But I guess we'll just have to see, because I know there were a lot of differences in the SAG Awards, which, in fairness, does focus just on the acting, but it usually will line up a little bit with what's going on in the other awards. So yeah, it's just, it feels a little different this year for movies. Now, television, on the other hand, I think all the Golden Globe nominations for television seem pretty on par, and I think that's just because television's predominantly streaming anyway, and... Film usually isn't, so it was a lot easier to just kind of know what good television there was because you're already used to doing that. For the television drama category, best drama, felt kind of predictable. It's usually the same big hitters that are in this category, so really no shocks there. I'm not really going to go over anything specific unless it stands out to me for television just because, as I was mentioning, it is more predictable than it is with the movies this year. So the acting awards all kind of make sense. TV comedy category I thought was super solid this year. Uh, Ted Lasso and The Great getting nominated make me so happy because those are so deserving. Those were like some of the most original comedies I watched this year. Ted Lasso was amazing. Uh, The one that I'm mostly confused about in this category though is Emily in Paris because Like, that was a good show to watch, and, like, I had fun watching it, but it's just so fluffy. There wasn't the most substance to it. Like, I wouldn't really care if I watched it again. Like, I don't know. That one was kind of a weird pick for me. Um, Like, I would have personally put Bridgerton in this category over that, just because Bridgerton was a little more fresh and original. And it had better, I think it had better writing, but 
I don't make these decisions. I just comment on them. For actress comedy, I thought Jane Levy getting a nomination was a surprise. Uh, I always kind of root for network TV getting recognized because it's just been so lost in the shadows with streaming taking over. So that was kind of cool. She's in Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. If you haven't seen that, it's on NBC. Um, of course, Schitt's Creek dominates all the comedy categories this year. And there's a high chance that they're probably going to win everything. Which is fine because they're great. But it is just awesome to see some of these other comedy shows and performances being acknowledged in spite of that. Limited series this year was actually pretty solid, and I've heard a lot more of those than I usually do, probably just because I'm sitting around watching TV more than I usually have in the past. Um, But I love that Queen's Gambit is up because I thought that show was exquisite, and it's also cool to see Anya Taylor-Joy in a category for TV and for movie because I always like when that happens. In terms of like the limited acting and actors, I'm not as familiar with those roles specifically, so I don't really feel like I have much to comment on in that regard. The supporting actress category is pretty expected. The supporting actor category makes me laugh only because Jim Parsons, because I actually thought Hollywood probably, I really thought Hollywood would have popped up more overall just because I know that the award shows love Ryan Murphy and... So the fact that Jim Parsons' character was the only one that made it in, just it just makes me laugh. It's just such a drastic role difference from like Big Bang Theory, which is his most notable role, obviously. So it's just kind of interesting to see that one <laughs> pop up there. Uh, but yeah, my TV thoughts overall, again, as I mentioned, just very, very much on radar with the pulse of culture and what's going on. Um... And, you know, like the pulse on what people are actually watching. My two questions that I had in thinking about these nominations were, what about Succession and what about Bridgerton? I don't know how to answer those questions because I don't quite know the exact timeline of what qualifies, like when things had to air. I just know that, like, Succession was winning a bunch of Emmys alongside Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek is nominated for a bunch of Golden Globes, so how come Succession is not nominated for anything? It's kind of where my thinking was. And then the same with Bridgerton. That was such a huge hit that Netflix had. You would have thought that Netflix even would have been pushing for them to get some more nominations. Like, especially in the category, the comedy category. Like, it was just kind of confused. I don't really know uh, how that all plays out in terms of those qualification times. But yeah, there weren't too many shocks to me in general for television um more of just kind of exciting to see some of my favorite stuff getting recognized and just for the nomination reactions overall it does kind of give us some more direction as we head towards the oscars so i'll start watching a lot more of those movies that have been nominated and it does leave help me feel a little less behind on things that i thought i should be watching or should be paying attention to definitely makes me feel like I've been watching way too much TV since I've seen most of everything that's nominated. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I just hope that the winners play out as we all hope that they will. Um, and the Golden Globes are going to be airing on February 28th this year on NBC with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. So that'll be fun because they're like a nice, comforting hosting duo. I think it is going to be kind of a virtual 
show similar to how they did the Emmys. So it'll be kind of curious to see how that all feels. Um, especially since this is becoming like, quote unquote, the new normal for awards this season. So well, I guess we'll just have to see it conveys the same way as it did with the Emmys. But I am looking forward to kind of getting the award season rolling and getting underway. And I hope that you enjoyed seeing the nominations this week. And I hope that there was some stuff that you liked represented. And as always, thanks for listening to my opinions on everything film. And especially kind of cool to like tie in some TV. I don't usually talk about TV on my podcast. So that was a nice little change of pace. On my next episode, I'm going to start getting into some more of these Netflix movies. So some of the things on my radar are Mank, The Trial of Chicago 7, and Ma Rainey. So stay tuned. All of those reviews and more coming at you soon. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode and join me as we go to the movies.